You're not what your record says you are. You're what the tape says you are. So what did the tape say the Packers were this last season? And what are they going to be in 2024? Our pal Ben Fennel joins us on the show today to break it down. You are locked on Packers. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. They help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. And go check us out. Instagram, TikTok, we're stepping up our game over on the socials. Facebook, all our stuff, clips, all sorts of fun stuff. Memes, we're doing the memes over on the social medias. Ben Fennell on the show today. I wanted to get his take on how this offense evolved, where this offense is going to go defensively with new defensive coordinator Jeff Halfley as we dig into what that's going to look like, where they need to get better. Uh, a lot of that good stuff. This is a, a travel day locked on Packers as you listen to this. I may I may already be in the skies. No, I'll already be in Vegas. That took me a second to figure out where I was going to be. I'll already be in Las Vegas. So as we speak right now, <laughs> I am talking to people on Radio Row. We're doing interviews for Locked On Packers the rest of the week. Uh, and so uh, that's why we're here with Ben to get you set, to set the table. Um, the rest of the shows this week, we're going to be having some fun, doing, doing doing different kinds of stuff. This is going to be all ball. All ball. Let's talk to Ben. Joining me now, our X's and O's guru, Ben Fennell, back as we, as we I think we have the last couple of years, Ben, we've had you on to sort of give us a, a post-mortem on this team, what we liked, what we didn't like, where they need to, to go. And and the where they need to go part is really interesting this year because we have a new defensive coordinator to talk about. When you got the news about Jeff Halfley, um, how much did you know about him and what was your initial reaction? Well, I was playing catch-up like most of Packers Nation. I wasn't spending most of my Saturdays watching Boston College on the couch. And, you know, considering they've had one defensive player drafted in the last four years, our, our own Isaiah McDuffie, mm -hmm. that linebacker, I haven't studied their scheme and really had a great grasp on, uh, you know, what type of system he was running or what type of coach he is. I remembered a little bit of that 2019 Ohio State team. Uh, with Jeff Okuda and some NFL stars out there, but I was playing catch up. So I went to the film the past few days to try to get a semblance of the scheme and the general philosophy. Remember, this is a middling college program, probably not getting top talent. So a lot right. of times you have to kind of mold your scheme and your philosophies to the types of players you have. So I really just want to get a big picture view on his kind of general points and general beliefs on a defensive system and watch a little bit of film, dug into the numbers just a little bit and just wanted to get a taste. And I think it's important to remember he's never been a defensive coordinator in the NFL. Right. So we don't fully know 
exactly what we're going to get and truly what philosophies he believes in to stop NFL offenses. So I think there's going to be a little, a bit of learning on the fly and a little discovery, but it doesn't mean we can't look backwards and get, you know, some pillars of what he believes in. It's really a, a unique profile because he's a DB's coach in college, a DB's coach in the pros. He's not just DC co DC at Ohio state for one year and then is a head coach. Like, I can't remember someone getting a head coaching job with basically, or a, a defensive coordinator job in the NFL with basically no defensive coordinator experience, but also has head coaching experience in college. Like, it's it's a it's a weird profile here. And Brian Gutekind's talked about, hey, I like that he was a head coach. I, that, But that just makes it tough for you and I and people like us to try and go, well, this is, this is definitely what he believes in. Well, is it? I don't know. <laughs> you know, he must be a hell of an interviewer. You know, yeah. going from that Ohio State job to Boston College, or Boston yeah. College is just so sick of Steve Adazio at that point. It was just like, give me the next guy through the door. Yeah. Well, hard to blame him for that. No question. And I've we have our Adazio stories here and there. But, um, yeah, that transition from Ohio State co-DC to immediate head coach in the ACC, that was a fast track. Um, and that one year at Ohio State, for some reason, I just immediately think of Luke Getze. You know, going from the Packers, doing that one season at Mississippi State and then leaving yeah. there. And, you know, those one hit wonders, those one season jobs, they come with a lot of narratives. And some guys were stars and immediately move on being a stepping stone. And some guys kind of get stiff armed at the door was like, you're not ready for this. You need to go back. Um, so we'll kind of leave that, uh, you know, hanging there. Yeah. Uh, Luke Getze, not that probably not the name that you want to associate <laughs> with with Jeff Halfley right now. Um, you had some really interesting numbers that you tweeted out the other day, and and I was kind of floored by it. And it was it was third down man coverage numbers. And if you've watched the Packers over the past few years, you know they're just they're just not going to play a lot of man coverage. They play a little more on third down than they do the rest of the game, but that's about it. The Boston College team you mentioned they're not getting four star five stars. Jeff Okuda is not coming to Boston College. They double up. Joe Barry almost in the amount of man coverage they were playing on third down. It seems like the philosophy, the tone is just so different here. Yeah, it really is. You know, I look to, I'm not going to sit there and watch the entire season of Boston college. So I watched the game. We or wouldn't two, ask you to Ben. That would, that then, would be a, 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 a crime. I take advantage of my film systems and metrics that I could focus on certain areas. I believe in studying first and 10 metrics and design. I believe in third down, particularly third and five plus where you get into those true passing situations and see what that defensive coordinator believes in on how to attack and stop opposing offenses and then red zone. So a lot of those critical situations. So third down in particular, they ran a staggering amount of man coverage. Not a lot of man coverage, a staggering amount. Second in the FBS on third down man coverage over the last yeah. two years. That's 133 teams out there. The NFL actually is, you know, trending towards more zone coverage over the last five years. And I think it was Nick Saban four or five years ago that kind of put his hands up and said, I think man coverage is broken. And the new philosophy was let's get back to two deep. Let's keep it in front, prevent yep. explosives, tackle, and then we'll find our way to have selective man concepts. Nobody's playing high volume man coverage unless you're Wink Martindale, Brian Flores, those types of guys that are essentially madmen. Um, so I think the ones that have the balance, the Jim Schwartz's, the Steve Spagnola's, 
um, that have selective man coverage and pressure pressure principles are really the best ones. Lou Anaruma does a good job too. Um, but anyways, Jeff Halfley ran a staggering amount of man coverage on third down. In particular, in the red zone, a lot of cover zero, which in turn is man coverage and no help on the back end. Yep and sending extra rushers, particularly one extra rusher than they can handle, uh, and forcing that ball out. So it was much more of an aggressive, attacking, dictating style scheme. But it leaves those cornerbacks on islands and leaves them much more vulnerable. So I had posted two clips of one of those cover zeros, and you can find corners getting beat out there. But it forces the action of the offense. It forces quick decisions by quarterbacks to find that outlet make a quick, accurate throw, and that's tough business with these you know, elite explosive defenders kind of screaming down on you. So I love the, you know, the emphasis towards, hey, we're going to try to play sticky man coverage and force that ball out, which was a lot different than Joe Barry's style, which was a little bit more conservative, a little bit more drop eight, three and four man rushes. Let's keep it in front, rally and tackle. However, I don't feel that philosophy always came to fruition on the field. I felt like they prevented explosives, kept it in front, but the aggressiveness, the rallying, the tackling wasn't the complementative side of that. A lot of chicken wing tackling out there, not a lot of (laughs) group tackling, not of enforcement at the ball carrier, bending them backwards, creating forced fumbles. You know, last three years, the Packers are 30th in creating forced fumbles. You know, they weren't that team that was, rallying underneath physically aggressively um, like they should in those types of schemes. So I think Packers fans got a little tired of that conservative nature and are ready for a more attacking live by the sword, die by the sword approach, which you remember Dom Capers, you know, that was more of that style, exotic blitz schemes. And we had confusion and busts on the back end and the balls over cornerbacks heads out there. So live by the sword, die by the sword. Remember no scheme is perfect. Everything has pros and cons and vulnerabilities and areas you're trying to take away. If there's a perfect scheme, everybody would play it on every down. So I think it's always important to remember it's a chessboard. Decide where you want to put your pieces. All right, we're going to be back with more with Ben Fennell in just a second here on Locked on Packers. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. So you can make an out-of-the-blue hire like the Packers did with Jeff Halfley. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And they do all of that while making the process easy and intuitive. Hiring is easy when you have that many qualified candidates. So easy that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats, so they've made the process easy, and they've got a ton of resources that you don't have, like billions of people in their system already, ready to go, that you can find. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Today's episode also brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Happy birthday to all those who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We are in Las Vegas. Um, We're going to bring those interviews to you coming up later this week. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snack and placing some bets. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a dub or two or three. Check it out. Same game parlays. 
a bazillion prop bets. That is uh, a scientific term, a mathematics term, bazillion. They've got a bazillion. If you can think of a prop for the Super Bowl, I promise you they probably have odds for it. They probably have odds for it. First touchdown, last touchdown. Will there be a special teams touchdown? All the good stuff. New customers, join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more cashes. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. And thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. There was a clip I posted from a cornerback clinic that he did where he basically indicted the whole Joe Barry experience in a minute. And it was just like, no free access, no easy throws. Like, why are we doing that? And it was basically all just like, I want to play press. Whether it's press man, it doesn't matter. Like, I want to, let's press these guys and and take away those free access throws. I think there are a lot of Packer fans, Ben, that, that are just like, I would rather live by the sword and die by the sword if I get to also live by the sword. You know what I mean? Like, right. I'll take giving up the big plays if we get to play this certain style of defense. I think there's just, like, what for, for good or for ill, I think there are some fans out there who believe that. There's a difference, though. You watch that Ohio State tape. It is more just like, okay, four-man rush, let's just go play because they have the horses to do that. And I think, to your point, that speaks to a, a coach that's going to adapt to the kind of players that he has. Against Boston College, like, I always believed teams that don't have corner depth should be playing press man and blitz just like create some volatility some variance and it seems like he understood like that's that's the best way to do this is to is to adapt to what we're trying to do based on the talent that we have yeah and we have no choice but to look backwards make some kind of uh vague assumptions which mm-hmm. i hate doing because that's my philosophy of don't let action define motivation Oh, he's a four-man rush defensive coordinator at Ohio State. That means he had the guys to do it. He blitzed a lot at Boston College. That means he didn't have the guys. We're right. kind of making some implications there, but that's what you have to do with watching the tape. He has the ability to be somebody completely different once he gets to the Packers. And I welcome that. And I think it's going to be a bit of discovery, you know, and he's going to be somebody a little bit different at the next job and the next job and the next job. So I think it's on us as analysts and fans of the game to look backwards in the rear view, get a taste of who they are with also that blank slate of saying you can be somebody completely different if you want to be. And we're going to learn and study that and evaluate it, you know, as we do fairly and, you know, uh, as we see it. So I think it's just uh, like I put out that thread yesterday and someone immediately said, well, he won't be playing ACC quarterbacks. Well, then I guess we shouldn't watch anything in the rear view at that point. So I think it's all how right, you then wanna... no, no college tape matters because they're not playing SEC quarterbacks either. So no it's just question. sort of like, yeah. what are we so doing? It's, it's those types of comments that it's all in the eye of the beholder and how much value you want to put in the rear view and projecting forward. Yeah. Um, but it's fun to, to dive into guys I didn't know a lot about. So I'm excited. And at the end of the day, it's some new leadership and some new blood and some new coaching and some new voices in that locker room. And I think that's uh, that's welcomed. Yeah, I called him last week on the show. I called him a coach's coach because it seems like if you if you talk to the people 
around coaching, the players that he's played for, they all have a tremendous amount of respect for who he is as a teacher, um, that approach. And I, I was kind of struck how, how consistent the praise was, how specific the praise was when it comes to him. Let's flip the other side of the ball, Ben. Um, this is the sexy side of the ball. The offense took off in the second half. Did you feel like, well, I'll just, I'll just ask you, what did you think clicked in for them? Well, I think just, you know, Jordan Love developing some trust and continuity with these young supporting casts. The NFL game comes on you quick, and especially for rookies, especially for, you know, mid-round rookies, undrafted guys, guys coming from the FCS. They all have physical abilities. This game happens really quick. And, you know, guys like Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave, I think, are great examples where they had all the ability. Yet, I think the mental side was holding them back early on, you know, through the offense, not necessarily knowing where to line up, the route conversions, the different concepts, the hot throws, knowing your assignments in the run game. And that's just before you even get into the physical hand-to-hand -hand battle. So I feel like they were behind the eight ball a little bit on the mental side, as expected with this, you know, incredible youth movement. Yeah. And slowly they started to know what they were doing and started to get the confidence and building the trust of the quarterback. They were going to be where they needed to be. And to watch that growth literally and raw right in front of our eyes on a week to week basis was fun. And it was frustrating at times, especially a team like this, that often played to the opponent, you know, to go out and beat teams like the chiefs and the lions and to punch the Cowboys in the face in the playoffs and, uh, lose boneheaded games to the Raiders and, you know, to, to lay the an Giants, egg against the Giants yeah. and to let up 30 against the Panthers. And I think that was the the tone of this team. They kind of played to their competition, which these young, stupid, we don't know any better type of young players in the league, that's how it goes. Yeah. You know, and I think it was fun and frustrating to watch, but um, to watch them all grow together was really impressive. And to see Jordan Love kind of develop that trust and rapport with young, exciting weapons on the outside. In all intents, Peter, all these young players are lottery tickets. So it was fun to see throughout the season some of those numbers starting to hit, and you start to see the abilities these oh, yeah. guys can provide in NFL offense, which not every young player gets these opportunities to even get on the field or show what they can do. So guys like Dontavian Wicks and, you know, maybe some guys like Bo Melton, it's really exciting to see, you know, what they can do and their abilities. It, this was an, an incredibly fun season from that perspective of seeing like, hey, Carl Brooks, just come from making a position change from a lower level of college football. You know, no no disrespect to Bowling Green. It's just not a blue blood program. They're not playing against the best competition every week to see him come through and play the way that he has. Like those are the kinds of things that I think we're going to remember about this season in a lot of ways. Schematically, I felt like what also changed in the second half was Matt LaFleur said, we're just going to go play. And it felt like there was in, in October, but they didn't trust guys. It was all simple. It was a little conservative. And then it was just sort of like, we're just going to, we have to just live with the mistakes. Let's just go play football. What did you see schematically that you liked from this team last year? Because it felt like we heard a lot of the, and you and I talked about this before the season, right? The, the Matt LaFleur offense that they're running. It's, we're going to see this distillation of it. I think we did, but I think we're going to see a different version next year. What did you see, especially in the second half um, with this offense? Well, I think the very first thing is the presence of Aaron Jones, particularly down the stretch, the run game, and having something you can rely on. As much as you say, you know, we're just going to go out and play and spin the wheel, you developed an identity down the stretch. 
you developed roles and you develop people you can trust in certain situations, whether that's Aaron Jones in the run game or Jaden Reed on third down, Romeo Dubs in the red zone, some of those, you know, ancillary third and fourth receivers to be able to show up, to take, you know, opportunities when coverage gets rolled elsewhere to Christian Watson or, you know, to some other guys. But I think just guys developing identities in the offense and figuring out where they can excel. And I think through that first month, you were really spinning the wheel with abilities and alignments and who you can trust. And yeah, I know Jaden Reed showed up on this third down, but then we're going to give receiver A, B, and C a chance. And suddenly we realized who we can trust in those moments down the stretch. So it was a bit of discovery. It was a bit of learning on the fly. Um, but I think they came into themselves kind of uh, down the stretch of the season. I think that first month, they didn't really know who they can rely on and in what situations. Um, and down the stretch, I felt like they had some identity as much as it was just go out and play and don't have that pressure and um, not necessarily go play recklessly. I felt like they knew who they were in certain moments, who they can trust in certain moments. And you started to see the, the results in the production. All right. Still more with Ben Fennell coming up on Locked on Packers. The big game is almost here, which means you have to get ready for the eating. Not just the game, the eating. The eating is the best part when your team's not playing. The eating and the commercials. You're going to go up and get yourself a snack while the game is on and then come back and watch the commercials, right? That's what you're going to do. So DoorDash is the best way, the easiest way to get all the delicious food that you want. Pizza, wings, soda, burgers. You forgot the buns, DoorDash. You forgot the ketchup, DoorDash. You forgot the chips. Never forget the chips, DoorDash. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on that first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. That's 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on that first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter the code LOCKED23. Something to change and terms apply. Today's episode also brought to you by our friends at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. And thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. As we look into this offseason, one of the things that, and this is related to this conversation that we're having about this offense, you mentioned Aaron Jones and the consistency that he provides. It felt like they couldn't run the type of run game that they wanted with A.J. Dillon just because of what his skill set was. And that is part of the reason why the offense felt a little clunky in October. 
when you go into this offseason, especially in this draft, do you feel like they need someone who can replicate more of what Aaron Jones does for them, or they need uh, a complimentary back who can just do a little bit more of the things that Aaron Jones can do and also give them this power element? Like, what do you what do you think is the best complement to Jones there? Well, I think Jones is at his best when he's not necessarily a high volume type of presence. So I would like more of a complimentary piece to him to bang between the tackles and to wear down defenses early, to finish games late, to be that short yardage guy, you know, very much in the tone of the way Alvin Kamara was always used with the saints. It was never yeah. really the bell cow. You know, he wasn't getting 30 touches a game. He always had him paired with somebody to, you know, kind of take away some of that load. Not to say you want to take the ball out of your star's hand. It's more of a preservation, a freshness, uh, you know, an energy type of thing. And especially with these running backs where we know they fall off cliffs when they're getting around 30. And it gets to be the whole, well, you're paying them a lot, so you want to run them a lot. Yeah. And you start to wear them down a lot. So it's that finding that right kind of middle ground as far as pay, usage, playtime, um, you know, conservativeness. So I would like to see a more complimentative nature like an A.J. Dillon uh, to kind of be that power back and to wear defenses down and to have that physical presence that I think all offenses need uh, that I think the Packers got away from just a little bit in that first half. Um, and down the stretch, I think Aaron Jones really showed back up into that superstar player we know he can be. But now I want to preserve that, and I want to make sure he's on this team and still an explosive playmaker and not a guy like you know, Le'Veon Bell or Dalvin Cook that just falls off a complete cliff because you, you wore him down and you try to give him you know, 30 touches a game. Braylon Allen, you are a Green Bay Packer. Um, the, uh, <laughs> as we look here uh, and, and finish up our conversation. Have we ever had a Wisconsin back? Here in Green Bay, because I if, feel like they're coveted all the time from Monty are. Ball and Ron. Well, and they've had some. And... They've had some really good players, obviously in college. It's not. It's not one of those things where it's just proximity, right? Like they've had some really, really good players. I don't. I can't remember one, but someone. I'm sure someone will will tell me. I don't. Not recently. I don't think. Um, the the questions that this team faces now, I think far fewer than we thought would would exist coming into the season certainly far fewer than we thought would exist in October of of this po most recent season what is the biggest question that you you feel like you have for this team whether it's um philosophically personnel wise coaching wise like what is the one thing where you're like they really got to figure this out this offseason that's a really good question you know i think offensive line in front of jordan love is going to be a huge point moving forward i think you have some exciting young receivers but keep adding coals into the furnace there. Make sure you can build through the run game, keep him upright. I am really impressed at how they got through the season with that offensive line, Rasheed Walker, but don't neglect it just because you had some success. I think you still need to improve some talent. You still need to look forward to the future. Um, and I know it's an exciting offense moving forward, but don't forget about the big uglies up front. And then defensively, leadership. I want to know who the defensive leaders are mm. and who are going to be the ones that hold these young players accountable. I love Kenny Clark. I'm not questioning him, but there's some other questions I think all collectively across that defense from the top down. So I think that's coaching position coaches, the captains, the high capital players, the guys that cost a lot, the first round picks. There's some leadership kind of questions on this defense that I think really need to be ironed out. So I think some personnel stuff on offense, some personnel stuff on defense, certainly. 
But I want to know who's really going to grab this defense by the shirt and say, this is my unit. I'm the captain. I'm the voice. I'm going to hold the group accountable. And I think on the back end, I'd like to see maybe a veteran presence come in and do that. Do you have a, do you have a name in mind? I don't. <laughs> and I there wasn't is, ready to say Antoine Winfield or anything. Well, no, no, like I know. That there is a, a deep group of, of free agent safeties yep. that they could go out and get guys who have been their veteran players, not just like, hey, let's go get the flat. No, there, there are some guys that have been around that could certainly come in and you you would hope could could give you that. That was what Adrian Amos was in a lot of ways when they brought yep. him in, in in 2019 as well. It can't all be done with rookies all the time. Ben, appreciate the time as always. Thanks, man. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Peter. All right, thanks to Ben for joining the show. Always great to talk with him. Back tomorrow from Radio Row in Las Vegas, Super Bowl week, baby. We're there trying to have some fun. So we hope you will come have some fun with us. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Go follow me on Instagram, also Peter underscore Bukowski. Go follow us on TikTok, the Locked on Packers TikTok account. Blowing up. Seriously, blowing up. Go follow us on Instagram, Locked on Packers. Blowing up. We're blowing up. And follow us on YouTube. The YouTubes. We're there. Got clips. Got shorts. Go subscribe. We're going to go live. Eh, I think in the next month, for sure. For sure we will. For sure we will. Go subscribe over on our YouTube page so you can stay Locked on Packers.